Hello, everyone. It's great to have you with us. We really appreciate you tuning in to the Latter Rain Ministries. If you want to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.thelatterrain.org. You can email us through our website as well. We hope our ministry is blessing your life somehow as we endeavor to share Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Having said that, it is with great joy in the Lord that we welcome our newest visitors from Pakistan, United Arab Emirates, and Switzerland. Welcome, dear friends. It is an honor and privilege in the Lord to have you with us. We hope that what the Lord gives us to share with you all is of great blessing. We encourage you to drop us a note, even if it's just to say hello. May God bless you all. Today, we'll continue with our overview of the book of Proverbs, after taking a very short break last week where we looked at the great need for enduring faith. As part of today's sharing, we'll be looking at walking away from evil and embracing God's justice. We will see that it is more than just morality and doing what is right, because that is not entirely the whole reason, as odd as that may sound. As we will explain, following the Lord is something much greater than a list of do's and don'ts, something more meaningful than right or wrong. We'll talk a little more about these things further ahead. Meanwhile, for our prayer time today, I would like to encourage you all to continue praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are being persecuted in different countries and in different ways all around the world. As we have mentioned before, this is a real problem affecting real people in different places. If you are among the lucky ones that have not experienced this yet, I can only tell you to enjoy it and make the best of it while you can, because it is coming. So let's please pray together for this. And also, please, 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 don't be ashamed of your faith, especially if you live in a place where the gospel is still able to be shared openly. I especially urge my family in Christ in the United States to not allow yourselves to be managed, intimidated, or overtaken by the small minority that opposes the truth of God. There is still a vast majority of us that, in the very least, still believe in God and Jesus Christ in our country. So let's keep moving forward as best as we can with godly wisdom. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord. Blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords, for there is no one like you. Lord God, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the salvation that we have through him. Lord, an eternity is not enough to thank you because it was an eternity that we were going to be separated from you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you please forgive my sins. And I pray humbly now, Lord God, that you please um, help my brothers and sisters in Christ in different places that are undergoing some form of persecution. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for your, for your divine protection, that you intervene divinely, Lord God, in their lives around them, Heavenly Father. I pray, O Lord, that you supply their needs, Heavenly Father. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you please, Heavenly Father, that you may just help them, O Lord. Lord God, I pray that you also help us to be bold in our faith, whatever our circumstances may be. Help us never to be ashamed of the great and wonderful faith that we have in you, the eternal life that we have in you, the hope that we have in you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, O Lord, to be strong in you, to be immovable in your word, in your faith, Lord God, that we may also be bold to share our faith with others, O Lord, that need that faith so much, Lord God. There is so much emptiness, there is so much 
so many things that are wrong out there that need your truth, that need your love, that need your guidance, that need your care, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, to be sensitive to that, not to be selfish with what you've given us, but rather to share it as much as we can. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray now, Lord, that you please guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you help us to have open minds and open hearts ready to receive and to be able to just allow for you to do that wonderful work that you want to do in each of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today, we'll continue our series on the book of Proverbs. Let's read together, if you're able to, from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14 to 27, where it says, Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on, for they do not sleep unless they have done evil. And their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and help to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Today's passage gives us clear advice that we need to keep away from wickedness and evil, no matter how attractive and harmless it may seem at first glance. I'm not saying that we need to lock ourselves in a closet somewhere or that everything is bad, but rather we need to understand what in fact is destructive and harmful. And of course, we cannot be guided by our opinions. We need to be guided by the Lord's direction through His Word and His Holy Spirit. But as it was mentioned before, the things of God do not necessarily consist of just being moral. Morality does not save you. Getting it all right, if it were possible, doesn't get you there. So it's not even about good works, although they are necessary to display our faith to the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So what does God truly want for us to do? As part of His awesome plan, He has made provisions for our salvation through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that salvation is a gift. It's unmerited, so you can't do anything to deserve it. That's why it's not necessarily about doing what is good or right. One of the only right things we can do is asking God for forgiveness by repenting and converting from all of our evil ways and accepting Jesus as the Lord of our lives. That is how salvation occurs, and that is the way that we start making the turn away from wickedness and evil. But here is a detail that we cannot miss. In order for there to be salvation and forgiveness of sins, there needs to be complete repentance and conversion to Christ. And here is where a lot of folks miss the mark. According to the Bible, we need to crucify or die completely to sin, meaning that there are no reservations, no half-repenting, or picking and choosing among ourselves, thinking that some are better than others. 
This is what truly gets things going, if you will. There must be 100% repentance and conversion. If a person is only really sorry about 99%, you haven't quite gotten there yet because that 1% is still keeping you from God's redemption. Let's look at it this way. And as we mentioned before, we need to die to sin, die to our sinful nature, which means you can't be kind of dead or sort of alive still, spiritually speaking. For that instant of time, you have to completely deny yourself without any kind of justification or wavering on anything. Then, and only then, is when God's miracle of salvation occurs in a person's life. But until that happens, you're not quite there. And what is painfully amazing is that there are many people that cling on to that 1%. They can never seem to get themselves to that 100% or complete conversion. This is one of the main reasons why people many times falter in their faith. They can't really experience God in their lives. They feel like their prayers are just bouncing around. They don't feel any real hunger for the searching the Word of God. That very small portion of pride, because that is what it is, keeps them from truly experiencing God and everything He has to share with them. Now, once a person gets through that ever-painful threshold, then, through faith in Jesus Christ, can they come to be born again. And after that, there is another dimension. Something else that has to do with the sin in our life. Because we all have sin inside of us, and we will have it until the day we die physically, despite the fact that we belong to the Lord. Is all sin bad? Sure. Nothing of it is good. But we have to be practical, for lack of a better term. It is impossible to change everything at once. And no matter how good you might think you're doing, trust me, you will still have a lot of issues left. We all do. What we need to do is to allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit of God through the Scriptures as He guides us and shows us the things that need to start changing. Embrace yourselves because it will be quite the ride. The Holy Spirit will start showing you things that you probably never imagined that were wrong and they won't be small things per se. But here is where we need to understand and apply the Word of God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 16-17 will explain this better. For it says, If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death, but I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. As the scripture says, all unrighteousness is sin. But there is sin not leading to death. What this means is that there are different consequences depending on the sin that is involved. And also there are differences among sin. I am not necessarily upholding the thought that there are black sins and white sins, but rather there are varying degrees and consequences. Like I mentioned before, we cannot change entirely and overnight. It's just not possible. But we have to have a humble heart before the Lord and allow to be led by the Holy Spirit so we can deal with whatever He brings to the light and He will bring things in a way that transforms you by helping you leave behind those sins that can cause greater consequences than others. Here is something we need to keep in mind also. We are all sinners because we were born with sin. Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. 
But we all have different types of sins in our lives. The Bible explains this as the lusts or the desires of the flesh. James chapter 1 verse 13 to 15 says this, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So, we all have different evil desires or different affinities to different things. Some may be more drawn to fornication, which is sex before marriage or outside of the marriage. Others may be more drawn to lying. Others may be drawn to drunkenness or other vices. Other people may be attracted to greed or to the love of money. Others may be drawn to homosexuality, which explains why some people might say that they are born the way they are. But here is the key to everything. And this is what can cause for everyone's life to be changed and transformed, if they truly want to be changed and transformed. Through Jesus Christ, the cycle of sin can be completely broken in our lives. He is the one that can free us from the bondage of sin, from the chains that are deep within our heart. Every sin, every habit, every vice, every kind of affinity or weakness can be done away through the Lord as the Holy Spirit guides us, teaches us, changes us through the power of the Word of God. So you don't have to remain a prisoner of your own evil anymore. You don't have to continue being a pawn in Satan's hands. For it is written, the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. John chapter 8 verse 35 to 36 also says, And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son, meaning Jesus, makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And based on the newfound freedom we have in Christ, He makes us free, so we can start shedding all of those things that need to leave our lives for our own good. But going by the order and priority the Holy Spirit gives us, doing it day by day. For the Lord also said, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. This is the freedom that only God can give. And it only happens through the Lord being the Lord of our lives, being led by His Holy Spirit, believing, abiding, and living the Word of God. I can tell you this. I have been able to see God work in my own life since the very first day I surrendered my life to Him. Before coming to Christ, I was drawn to alcohol, idolatry, and stealing. But Jesus changed my life and has continued to do so all of these years after I made that decision to follow Him. Many other things have come up since then, and God has helped me conquer many of those things that needed to change. I would lie to you if I had it all down. And I'm sure there are many more things that He needs to continue working in my life. But He is a faithful God, unwilling to let me continue doing those things that can lead to death, that can cause severe consequences. The only way our lives can truly change is when we fully and completely repent and convert from all of our sins, with all of our hearts, without reservations, and making Jesus the Lord of our very beings. And after that, we just need to be humble, 
soft and malleable in the hands of His Holy Spirit, allowing for the Word of God to penetrate deep within our hearts, the very foundations of our lives, abiding in His truth, living His Word out in our lives daily. God is in the business of changing and transforming lives. If He was able to change and transform my life, He can certainly change and transform yours if you truly want for Him to do so, and of course, if you let Him do it as well. But again, there must be complete and full surrender. It must be 100% surrender, without any doubt, without any justification, never pointing the finger at other people, but only seeing our own faults and failures, our own sin as the only source for our destruction. We can't even blame Satan. When we understand that kind of repentance and conversion, then and only then will we be able to stay away from evil and make the Word of God part of the fiber of our existence. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, I I give you thanks for your love and for your mercy and for your grace and because, Lord, all you want to do is just do great things in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because you want to do great things in our lives. Your purpose is to do great things in our lives. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for everyone that's listening. If by any chance, Lord, there, there are people out there that are listening that have not yet come to that full repentance, that full conversion, that 100% conversion to you saying, Lord, please forgive me for all of my sins, for everything that I may have done wrong, even the things that I, that I don't even remember or, or I'm not even aware of. Heavenly Father, help them to get there. Help them to understand. Help them to have that conviction of sin. Help them to be able to have that 100% repentance and conversion to you so that they can come to have that true and awesome and genuine personal relationship with the Almighty God. Heavenly Father, if there are those of us out there that, just like me, Lord God, we, we, we have accepted you, we have you in our lives and, and you are working in our lives, Heavenly Father, help us to allow you to continue working in our lives. Continue shedding those things that need to be shed. Heavenly Father, help us to be able to take up our cross daily and follow you. Help us, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, to be conscious that you need to continue doing things in us. But Heavenly Father, help us to allow it for it to be your order that you may show us those things that are truly detrimental, that we need to let go. And Heavenly Father, just do it step by step. I thank you because we don't have to do it alone. Everything is through your grace, through your power, through your guidance, through your Holy Spirit, through your word. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to lay hold to you and to everything that belongs to you so that our lives may continue changing and so that we can be useful in your hands for the honor and glory of your name. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying 
God's Word. Please feel free to write to us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.